Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Thank you, Father. I want to talk about... <clears throat> I want to talk about being on a walk with God this morning. And uh, last, last week we talked about being the habitation of God, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, individually, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and collectively, that we are the house of God, that we are living stones, that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Everyone remembers that, I'm sure. <clears throat> this, but this morning I want to talk about walking with God. How many people know that we have been invited, that we have been redeemed? Let's start there. How many people know that you've been redeemed by Jesus? <clears throat> you've been bought with a price, that he paid the ultimate price to redeem us, to restore us, and to reconcile us back to the Father. That he's pulled us out of darkness, but he didn't leave us on the banks of darkness in dirty rags and broken chains. He pulled us out of darkness and put us into his marvelous light. That we don't just get saved to know about Jesus. We don't just get saved to follow Jesus. We get saved to walk with Jesus. That we've been given an invitation to walk hand in hand with our Savior. And I want to I take us through a journey in the Word. And listen, we got a lot of the Word that we're going to cover this morning. And God, I pray that you multiply the time this morning. But we have a lot of the Word that we're going to go through. And uh, we're going we're gonna to look at this, this establishing and this invitation for those who were born out of intimacy and into intimacy that we actually have this call to walk with God. Yes. How many people know that when you're walking with God and God's walking with you, that it changes everything? I've shared this before, and I got it from Bill Johnson, and Bill Johnson got it from whatever. It, 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 this this uh, analogy, it goes around, but, it, you know, the picture of a mouse riding on the back of an elephant, and they walk over this rope bridge. The elephant rides over this rope bridge, and they get to the other side, and the mouse turns to the elephant and says, man, we really shook that bridge. <laughs> Listen, we get to walk with Jesus hand in hand, our hand in his hand, and we get to shake things. We get to shift atmospheres. We get to change households, cities, and regions. We get to shake cities. <laughs> and that when we get to the end, and Austin is transformed, when your neighborhood is transformed, when God has done great and mighty things, we get to turn around and go, wow, God, we really shook that city. <laughs> but we're the mouse. <laughs> <clears throat> But our hand is in his hand. 
we get to walk with God. In Genesis chapter 3, this is going to be up on the screen. In Genesis 3, starting from the very beginning, this is in the garden, Adam and Eve in the garden, that, that <clears throat> before we jump to the verse, you know, God created the heavens and God created the earth, and then he created a garden called Eden, and the garden, Eden literally means pleasure or delight. And then God created mankind and put mankind right in the center of his pleasure and delight. This isn't the message, but do you know that it says there in Genesis that that God put Adam, Eve in the garden and their job was to, to tend and to keep it? If the garden means God's pleasure, what grows up, Adam's job, Eve's job was to tend or to care for what grows out of the pleasure of God. That's a whole nother message, but it's a good one. <clears throat> to tend and to keep it, to care for what grows out of the pleasure of God. But God created man, put him right in the center of his pleasure. And the revelation is that the pleasure of God is not meant to be something we're striving to achieve, but somewhere that we're starting from. In Genesis 3, 8, and they, speaking of Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You've heard me share on this lots of times. The cool, cool there, that word cool is actually the Hebrew word ruach, which means wind, breath, or spirit. Wind, breath, or spirit. And so this says that Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord walking or traversing in the, in the wind or the breath of the spirit through the garden, and it says they hid themselves. Now, why did they hide? Because they had just disobeyed God and eaten, eaten of the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, and so something came on them that wasn't meant to be upon them, which was shame. And so they hid themselves. But what is the point that I'm making here is that before that, that Adam and Eve didn't hide themselves. So God would come walking through the garden. Listen, in the stories that goes on, God was surprised not to find them. He's like, hey, where are you guys? And he calls out to them. And Adam says, oh, we're over here and we're hiding and begins to explain. God says, what happened? And he explains, right? But God's surprised not to find them. Why? The point is because before shame came on them, they were used to walking together in the garden. In the cool of the day, or better translation, in walking together in the spirit. And what does Adam, the name Adam represent? Adam means man or mankind. It's the blueprint from the beginning. The blueprint is that mankind is supposed to walk with God in the cool of the day. In the wind, the breath, the spirit. there's three references in the Old Testament of those who walked with God. Sorry, four, 
four that we're going to touch on in the Old Testament. And the next is, is Enoch. Enoch walked with God. I love Enoch. (laughs) So Genesis chapter 5. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. I need it. Can you go on? And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. (laughs) Wow. Like that should just blow your mind right there. Enoch walked with God so closely that God took him. And I don't want to camp here too long, but that word took in Hebrew is less like possessive and more like consuming. Enoch walked with God. And then in the New Testament, in Hebrews, it refers back to Enoch in chapter 11. And it says of Enoch that before he was taken, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. (laughs) Do you know that walking with God in intimacy brings our Father pleasure? He created mankind in the center of his pleasure. And they walked together in the ruach, in the wind, the breath, the spirit. And it brought God pleasure. And until one day, shame came in and God went for his walk with his friends and they weren't there. And it broke his heart. Adam is mankind, the blueprint. Mankind is meant to walk with God. Enoch walked with God, Enoch literally means this. Adam means mankind is supposed to walk with God. Enoch shows us how mankind is meant to walk with God. And the name Enoch means this, dedicated, trained up, and discipled. It's good. It's even better than we know. (laughs) The Enoch means, listen, we're supposed to walk with God. Adam, the blueprint. Enoch, how are you supposed to walk with God? Listen, it's not just flippant happenstance. Come on, we're supposed to walk with God in the spirit. John 4, Jesus, Jesus, the Father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Both and. And then it goes on to say, those who worship the Father must worship. How many people know that turns it into a command? Must worship in spirit and truth. But it's not just flipping happenstance. Sometimes people look at at the spirit-filled church and like, oh, they just flop on the floor. They're not dedicated. They're, They're not purposeful. No, listen. What if a generation of people understands their purpose and they train themselves for that purpose? 
(laughs) What if we're dedicated? God, I want to know you in in spirit and in truth. (laughs) Not one without the other. God, I want to refine my senses. I want to know you in the secret place. I want to feel your breath on my face. I want to know your comings and your goings. I want to know you so that when you go, when I'm in a room and you stop being there, I become aware. Oh, well, God just, where'd you go? Oh, there you are. I'm coming with you. Where you go, I go. Because we're starting, we're learning how to walk with him again. What's the point? Because it brings him pleasure. Yeah. It's. <laughs> we were created from intimacy for intimacy. Thank you, Jesus. To walk with him. In the spirit, God is looking for those who will give themselves to be dedicated, trained up, and discipled into walking with God. I thought it was a good point. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God, and Noah, the word Noah means rest or peace or comfort, the bringer of rest or peace or comfort. Noah means rest, and Noah walked with God. In Genesis 5, let's start there, Genesis 5, 28 and 29, it says, Lamech lived 182 years and had a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Noah, this one will comfort us because of the curse. Listen, Noah is a a foreshadowing of Jesus. Noah is the bringer of rest, peace, and comfort. Jesus gives us rest for our weary souls. He is the Prince of Peace. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. That, that Noah is a foreshadow of Jesus. And he comes to bring comfort to break the curse. <clears throat> I want us to read this in the, uh, through the lens of Noah being a foreshadow of the coming of Jesus. Can we do that? So now in Genesis 6, starting in verse 5, it says this. Now, through the lens of Noah being a foreshadow of Jesus and what Jesus did for mankind, let us read. Verse 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created for the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Noah walked with God. And it says here that Noah found favor with God, but Noah actually brought pleasure to God when all of the world had, had dulled their senses to his awareness, to his ways, to his righteousness, to his goodness, that, that they weren't just occasionally disconnected. The world, the entire world had completely gone away from God. Noah stood in righteousness, honed his senses, his sensitivity, God, where are you going? What are you doing? How can I be close to you? How can I be where you are? And Noah walked with God, and it brought pleasure to the Father <laughs> to the point where Noah, he saved Noah and all of his household, and Noah represented the salvation of mankind. Thank you, Jesus. That's kind of powerful. Noah means bringer of rest. Throughout the Bible, particularly with the patriarchs, names and purposes are closely related. Adam, we already covered, means mankind. Abram was changed to Abraham, which means father of many or father of multitudes. Names and purpose closely related. Noah means rest or comfort. In, in the verse that we read that Noah will bring comfort and restore the curse. That, that word rest there literally means to be sorry, to be sorry and to console oneself in one word. That can be translated comfort or rest. How many people know that to be sorry and comfort don't normally go hand in hand? But it's unique because Noah brings a particular type of rest. He represents a particular type of rest to the world, a rest and a peace that comes through the reality of repentance. (laughs) When we recognize God, I have started to go away from your ways. And your purposes. The anxiety and the turmoil that starts to build up in our souls. But when we recognize and we come to ourselves, we go, God, I'm sorry. I've been doing wrong. I repent. Forgive me. And he removes our shame. (laughs) Remember, shame is what caused Adam and Eve to hide themselves and to miss out on their walk. (laughs) when we come into repentance and that shame washes away, we can come to the Father. That peace and that comfort and that rest is what Noah brings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that one person is excited. (laughs) There's one more in the Old Testament. It says that Levi walked with God. And uh, Kess was hitting an exhortation in worship that we are the Levites. The worshipers. The priesthood. 
Levi walked with God, and it talks about Levi in Malachi 2, verses 4 through 6. It says this, Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. That Levi, <laughs> names and purpose, Levi, right, is, is the, the tribe of the priesthood. The worshipers, the priesthood, the, the Levite to administer before the Lord. But here's the beautiful thing, <clears throat> that Peter in the New Testament refers to us as a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. <laughs> the, the Levites, just as Kess was hitting earlier, the, listen, that's not just a, a priest or a pastor up here. It is everyone in here. It is all of his sons and daughters that we've been graced with and clubbed with a royal priesthood. And his priests are called to walk with him. Listen, what happens when not just you got one or two righteous? And Lord, help the leaders, help us leaders be righteous, right? But when we move out of a religious system where you got the one who represents righteousness and then you got all the other flock who are kind of trying to figure it out, right? And they just lean on the, the priest or the pastor. No, what happens when his whole army, all of his children, the whole priesthood, all of the Levites are walking with God? Maybe cities start to get transformed. Maybe atmospheres over regions shift. <laughs> Maybe holiness and righteousness is released on levels that we haven't experienced in a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Dan McCollum prophesied in this over us and in this region a new Jesus people movement. <laughs> You know, the Jesus People Movement recognize, uh, represent a whole bunch of young people who came into the identity of their priesthood. Amen. Come on. Listen, people, all these young people getting saved, right? hippies, and most of you know the story, out of drugs and all of this. Listen, they, they didn't, most of these kids didn't come out of the church. They came out of the streets, <laughs> which means they didn't have a whole bunch of stuff they needed to unlearn. <laughs> they just went, oh, this gospel thing is for me. <laughs> and they went out in every cafe and every, every restaurant and bar and cafe and everywhere, all these young people with beards and dreadlocks and smelling like patchouli oil, right? And the, carrying big Bibles and talking about Jesus. An atmosphere over an entire, listen, nation. Oh, it got really quiet. Oh, did God just challenge our belief system? The atmosphere over an entire nation. 
shifted and really beyond Europe too, like, ah, because, because not a priest, but the priesthood was starting to walk with God. Baptisms in the thousands. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus walked. Jesus is God, but Jesus walked with the Father in perfect unison and step with the Father. John 5, 19, Jesus says, I can only do what I see the Father doing. The Son can do nothing in himself. I do what I first see the Father doing, and, I, and the Son does in like manner. Amen. What does that represent? That represents Jesus walking in step and in union with the Father. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, the, the dove descended upon him. The Father said, this is my Son in who I am well pleased. Jesus was the fulfillment of what Noah foreshadowed. <laughs> Jesus came and won the ability for God to have reconciliation with his children so that they could walk together again. Woo. And it brings the Father pleasure. Are you guys okay? We're covering a lot. John 15. 16. Listen, just because I like it, let's start up earlier. Verse 4, John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Thank you, Jesus. Read it, John 15, revisit it. But for time, jump down to verse 15. It says this. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. No longer do I call you servants. <laughs> Listen, you didn't get saved out of intimacy into servanthood. You got saved out of intimacy into intimacy. Out of intimacy into sonship. God wants his kids back. God wants the shame that came in the garden to lift off a generation. That his kids know how to walk with him again. And when we learn to walk with him like Peter learned to walk with him and Peter's in the secret place with him learning his breath, the Ruach, it's on his face and Peter's encountering him in such a way that when Peter leaves his house, that where Peter's shadow goes, the sick jump up off of beds and mats, completely healed. That's atmospheres being transformed. <laughs> We have an invitation to walk with God. No longer do I call you servants. Servant will go on a walk with his master, but the master is leading and the servant is behind. <laughs> and listen, there's an exchange of information 
but it is agenda driven. <laughs> it's strategic. Okay, what's, what do you need done? Okay, I'll do it because I'm your servant and I follow behind you. But Jesus turns to us and says, I no longer call you servants. Come up here. Hold my hand. Because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. <laughs> but he reveals his heart to his friends. Come walk. Let's walk together. And now I'm sharing with you not just agenda information. I'm sharing heart information. <laughs> Do you know what would bring me pleasure today? <laughs> Do you know what I enjoy do you know what I love? Do you know what I see when I look out over Austin? Yeah, let's talk about it. That's called the secret place. That's called abiding in him. He who abides in him will bear much fruit. Yeah, let's talk about it face to face. The man talks to his friend, let's talk. And in that place, an anointing comes over us, his friends, that's never available for servants alone. And atmospheres change. Can we just let an anointing come over us this morning? Can I get someone on the keys? Or the guitar? The ukulele? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. No longer do I call you servants. Listen, it's a calling. It's, it's why we have <coughs> equipped classes. It's why we offer Activate. It's why we disciple in home groups. It's why we gather. It's why we worship. Like, Listen, <laughs> we're not called just to be flippant charismatics who are just, you know, conference chasers and we just, no, we're training ourselves in intimacy to be close to him, to walk with him, to bring him pleasure, to be trained and discipled, to know who we are in Christ, to know the finished work of his cross, to know that our sins have been forgiven, to know that shame has been lifted off, to know that we have permission again to hear his voice <laughs> and to come running. <laughs> oh, where are you going, God? Oh, yeah, well, that's where I'm going too. Because we're on a walk together. And I got my hand in your hand. Come on. If you want to grow in your friendship with God, will you just stand with me? We're just going to invite the anointing to come. Listen to Matthew 4. It says that Jesus went walking by the shore. Listen, Jesus went what? Walking by the shore. 
And then he calls out to Peter, his friends in the boat, and he says what? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. But Jesus is doing what? On a walk. And he says, come, follow me, or come, walk with me. Come on. Just put your hands out. Wow, there's such an anointing. The oil is here. We don't need to have altar calls every week. We're not, we're not conference chasers. But listen, if you just need to, if you just need to come up, if you just need to say, God, I want to draw a line in the sand. I want to give myself to being dedicated and trained up and discipled to walk with you. The altar is open. I just want you to come if that's you. We're going to pray corporately, but I feel like there's a few people right now that you're just being cut deeper to the heart in a certain way that God's speaking to you right now. He's calling you. If that's you, just come all the way up. Don't come half, if you're coming, don't come halfway. Listen, don't get one foot out of the boat. you're coming, just come. Trained up. Dedicated and discipled lovers. Trained up. Dedicated and discipled lovers. Come on. Listen, I don't, there's some more. If that's you, just come right now. I'm going to pray corporately, but if that's you, if you just need to step out of the boat, do it now. Thank you, Father. Just before I pray corporately, I want to know that everyone here has accepted the invitation so you can receive the oil of his love and his presence that is so here this morning. But listen, you can't walk with God until you first said yes to God. Listen, shame came in the garden through sin, disobedience. Sin came and shame came with it. But now Jesus has come. And he's been the propitiation for our sin, he has paid the price. His blood, his work, his life, his perfect sinless life that he then freely gave up and traded places. He took our sin on himself that we could be made righteous before the Father again so that shame could come off. So that we could simply say, that we literally have the capacity again to say yes to when the Father comes walking. Listen, if you need that shame removed, if you've never fully surrendered to what Jesus has done for your life, for you, through his, his generous act on the cross, him laying down his life for you, if you need to be forgiven, if you need to say yes to Jesus, 
Turn your heart fully to him and say, God, I'm tired of walking my own path. I want to surrender. I want to accept you and your work. I want to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. If that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus so that you can start this walk with him, I just want you to be bold. Just put your hand up right where you are. Thank you. I see you in the third row. Yeah, I see you right here. Yeah. Can I get a couple of people right here on the third row? Eddie, can you help the gentleman in the button up with the glasses? Yeah, can you just maybe grab a couple of people? Anyone else? Be bold. Yes, sir. I see you right here. Fred, can you grab a couple? Anyone else? Yes. I see. Yes, ma'am. There. About three quarters of the way back in the black top. If someone on our team can go, anyone else, just be bold right now. You know, you recognize that you need Jesus. Yes, sir. Thank you. Come on, Tim. Gentlemen, a couple people could go with Tim. Anyone else? Come on. Yes, sir. I see you all back in front of the sound booth. Shane, if you can. Fine, make sure. Okay, Nick's back there. Anyone else? Now's your moment. Now's your moment. Be bold. Wave at me if I don't see you. Okay, I see a hand there, the greenish top. Can I get some team, some ladies to go over there? Sarah, further back. Wave, wave at me, the green, and the hoodies. There we go. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for those. Is there another hand? Someone's pointing. Father, I thank you right now for those who are saying yes to you for the first time all over the room right now. Oh, we rejoice in you, God. We rejoice in you, God. We rejoice in you, God. Father, the ability, God, to put our hand in your hand again. Father, I thank you for the grace, the repentance of sin. I thank you for the peace and the comfort that comes. Father, we thank you. Give the teams that are praying with them right now wisdom all over the room. God, I thank you for receiving them into your kingdom. And now everyone in the room, everyone else, just put your hands out. You don't have to pray hard when God's already here. I thank you for the oil, God. I thank you for the priesthood. I thank you for your love your peace and your shalom coming over us in greater measure and in greater ways. God, thank you for your children. Raise them up, God. Make us sensitive to you, God, in the spirit, God. Father, do in us again, God, like you did in the Jesus people movement, God. Do it again, God. A company of people, a whole generation given to you to walk with you. God, there you break off the fear of man, God. God, a group of people who doesn't care. We're just so in love with you, so dedicated, so raised up, so trained up, God, that we don't care. We only have eyes for you, God. Let the anointing, God, of your presence and your goodness come upon a generation to walk with you again, God, and to lead others. 
Lead others into the path, God. Lead others to put their hand into your hand and know you, God, and to bring you pleasure, God. Thank you for the anointing, the ship's atmospheres. I bless you. I bless you, Levites. <laughs> I bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now we're going to spend a moment. The team's just going to lead us. We bless you. If you need to go, you're released to go. If you've got children in children's church, please go get them. If you want to come and just let this presence that is so here, this lingering, this oil, just come and linger with the Lord. And we're going to have some of the team, our ministry team, just come and float and just partner with his abiding presence. I encourage you, if you'd like to linger, we have connect coaches in the lobby. If you're new, they would love to meet you. And if you have any questions, they'd love to answer your questions. We bless you as you go, and we bless you as you linger. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.